All right, anyways. Why don't you guys have a woman on the show? <laughs> Where's your fiance, Anton? I don't want to talk about that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> The 2OC, the show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world, Orange County, California, and Orange County, Florida. Welcome to episode 44. This episode of the 2OC, we talk about Oscar. We get smashed and ah, push it. I'm Alan Flores. I'm Anton Duong. Anton, how's your week been? Not so bad. Did quite a bit of stuff this week, but nothing worth mentioning. Well, I don't know about that, but anyway. That's, that's great entertainment, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of stuff. I'm not going to tell you guys, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's private. No. It's private stuff. About your privates? Nice. No. <laughs> no, I've had the about the same kind of week just freaking mm-hmm. busy dude like i literally signed off work today and i was just exhausted i couldn't i couldn't dude i yeah. I, I knocked out i think you texted me probably 15 minutes after i woke up oh really wow yeah surprisingly good timing all right so uh, let's start with this so I, I i know ever since ash wednesdays you've been having cravings for pretty much almost everything what was the thing that you wanted to eat where once that was all over what did you go for? Oh, every single time it's in and out. Oh man. Yeah, right? that's that's a, that's my yeah, that's my go-to after every single time uh after I come back like if I go out of state or out of the country, mm-hmm. first trip back or first first meal back, I go to In-N-Out. Okay, so everybody has their own favorite um uh, In-N-Out customization uh when it comes to like um the secret menu. Uh-huh. What is your go-to customizations when you go to In-N-Out? Mine is fairly straightforward. I'd say like double double, but with the but uh, animal style. Animal style, okay. Yeah. The classic. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not a classic, but <laughs> basic. Basic, uh, basic Californian. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah, for me, what what I usually do is I either the single or the double, just depending on how much you know fat I want to get into my body. But um, usually, Wait, do you do, do, you do protein style? No, I, I, I don't do protein. Well, depends if I'm working out and stuff. Well, I used to do that, but not as much as I want to anymore because I like the regular hamburger. I just that, but it, it gets so freaking messy. Yeah. And I told my friend that she's like, well, just don't get the, the special sauce. I'm like, but that's part of the internet experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for me, like, I, I order a... Um, single cheeseburger, animal style with chopped peppers. Like you know, the oh. banana peppers, right? When yeah. you ask for chopped peppers, they actually chop it up and put it into your burger. Otherwise, oh. when you order the the peppers uh, normally, they would just give you the peppers separately in a little container. Yeah, a little baggie so, or something. Yeah, and also you, for me, I usually order uh, no salt fries, so that way they they give uh, um, you know fries unsalted. And yeah. I basically asked for a little bit of spread and I would put it on top of the fries. Because if you ask for animal fries, sometimes they put too much of the cheese and too yeah. much sauce. 
Once once it dry, once it cools down a little bit, everything just one giant lump. Yeah, so I I wanted to control a little better that. So uh, when I order the the regular fries with no salt, I add a little bit of uh, grilled onions in there, so that yeah. way I get the same taste as ordering animal style fries, but just without the cheese. That's uh, that's actually pretty smart because yeah, that's part of, part of the problem is. It turns into one giant lump, and it tends to get soggy if you put everything together. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I tend to push everything on the fries aside and just, you know, pour the sauce in there. And then, you know, cover the fries on top <coughs> of the sauce and then pour the second layer of sauce on top. So, I don't know. That's just how I do it. All right, that works. Everybody has their own way of doing an In-N-Out burger. Um, so, recently I watched, um, you know Mark Weems, right? I'm sorry? What'd you call me? <laughs> Mark Weens. He, he's one of the YouTubers that go around the world eating pretty much everything that is delicious. And he's a really big fan of like spice eating and stuff like that. He's from Thailand, right. but he travels the world eating stuff. I think you've seen some of his videos before. He's one of those YouTubers that whenever he has something good, he has that really weird face looking type of reaction. It, it looks like he's orgasming or... Oh, he he has that single pose. Yeah, he has that single pose, and every time you yeah. watch him eat something, it's like, oh my god, he's he's totally doing it right there, right now. So, <laughs> anyways, <Everyone's> off camera. <laughs> I, I I I don't even want to know. Uh, but he he was in Arizona recently. He's a Thailand native. He lives in Thailand, but uh, he, yeah, he was in Arizona recently, and uh, in Arizona they have. Five guys and in and out right next to each other. So then he he pretty much put it on the table, uh, saying which one is better than which. And you know, for us being Californians, we're always in and out type of you know it, it, it's no brainer. It's always in and out on top. Yeah, I'll, actually, now that you bring up Five Guys, uh, there was a thing going around for at least a couple months when Five Guys is blowing up. Yeah, that people were saying that that Five Guys would give them headaches. It's a lot of But is it just a great... I don't know. I just thought it was funny, but... Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think that's that's kind of what, what, what down their popularity a little bit. Yeah, it, it's one of the only uh, places where you can get really good cheeseburgers that have everything in it. I mean, like, you get mushrooms, you get hot sauce, you get barbecue sauce, you get uh, grilled onions, raw onions, you get pretty much everything that you want on a burger. But sometimes it's a little too much. I mean, it's... The good thing about... Five guys that gets <laughs> fresh ingredients, which I appreciate. And In N Out does the same thing too. Uh, I think the good thing about In N Out is you get that same consistent taste every time you eat the burger. So every time you want to get a bite into it, you know what you're gonna get into. And then uh, Five Guys, sometimes the ingredients changes. You know, they get their tomatoes somewhere, they get their onions somewhere, they get their mushrooms somewhere. Sometimes they get their beef somewhere. So you get that home, you get that home, like, backyard taste. For I'm wondering if, if uh, Five Guys uses MSG. Because now that I'm thinking about it, MSG is one of the, th- that's one of the side effects of some, that some people have with the MSG is that they, they get headaches. It's so, so stimulating. Regular- I'm going to tell you something right now. MSG is in everything. It doesn't oh, really matter things. what you eat. At the end of the day, I think it's just like a placebo effect. Like if someone it's, says, if someone says that, uh, oh, I get a headache from eating something like this. Most of the stuff that you get MSG from are pretty heavy stuff to start with. 
Especially if you're eating like Chinese food, of course you're going to feel bad afterwards. It's freaking greasy <laughs> as hell. No, it's... It, okay, the side effects of MSG are real, but I think the majority of the people that say they they have those effects are are kind of exaggerating. Like it's it's a very small percentage actually have that have that that uh reaction to it. But also what you're saying too, it, I mean like I think tomato has a, either MSG or the same type of substance which is um ah oh, what do they call it? It's pretty much a flavor enhancer. It awakens umami. the umami is, flavor. Is well huh. That's the, I, th- I, th- I thought that was just the description, not the actual. I don't know, but yeah, like it, it pretty much it the food it, the food it's in is not can can be not that great, but mixed with other flavors, it awakens that those flavors, mm-hmm. and that's why people go crazy for MSG. Uh, let me give you a good example: mm-hmm. potato chips, lots of MSG because it's just flavor enhancements. The whole. The whole entire way. I mean, they put uh, nacho cheese, Cool Ranch. Uh, what the hell is in that stuff? You know, it's it's just a bunch of artificial ingredients, including MSG. Monosaccharides. Well, mono yeah, it's it's all in there. Okay. Well, okay. Well, sorry for sidetracking. So, what were we saying about Five Guys in and out? Okay. So, Mark Weens, I really respect this guy, but he he said. For taste-wise, he loves In-N-Out. Uh-huh. For quality-wise, he likes Five Guys. But mm. overall, he chose Five Guys. And that's just because he's the type of guy that likes the, the type of ingredients that are in, in the burger. But for us, we like the taste. We like the consistency. We like the manufactured taste from In-N-Out. What do you mean by manufactured taste? Manufactured as in like... These guys that work at In-N-Out, who's in charge of everything, they make sure that all the ingredients taste the same every single time you eat it. Oh, uh, so consistency. Yeah, consistency. Like it's manufactured okay. to, like manufactured boy bands, making sure that it's perfect. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? But the thing is, I don't really put In-N-Out and Five Guys in the same category. Like In-N-Out to me, even though the lines are always crazy long, it's still fast food. Yes. Five Guys, I've never had five, five Guys to go. I've always, like, ate there. Even though it's not a fancy restaurant, it's still, like, I've always sat at Five Guys. Yeah, Five Guys, to me, I, I don't really like the mushy um, burger. Because, I mean, it, the juices flows everywhere. And every time you eat the burger, it's uh, too mushy for me. I do like the fries, though. Yeah, the fries are delicious. Uh, I, I mean, it's fresh. Uh, potatoes, yeah. fresh potatoes. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So thanks, Anton. Thanks for making me crave beef. Thanks, Anton. <laughs> you're welcome. So you're pretty much good for everything to eat now, right? You can eat anything now. No, not until dude, it's forty days. Oh my god. Yeah, Ash Wednesday is just the the Kickstarter. Then it's Lent until Easter. Oh, okay. Because I thought you said, oh, I haven't had a beer in two weeks. I thought, like, that was the end of oh, it. Oh, that, that was just because of the coughing. My throat oh, was all okay. jacked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, I am drinking a beer. Uh, I was sipping on Fortune Teller Single Hop IPA. Hmm. From Wayne's, Wayne's Brewing Company. How, how, how is that one? Actually, good. 
I, I'm trying to identify the hops, and I feel like I'm failing because I used to be able to like just be, just tell which hops it was just by tasting it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mosaic. Duh, it's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's it doesn't have the complexity as some of the, like other IPAs. So you know how sometimes you get like, oh, it's you know really kicks in the face, and then it kind of cools down on the aftertaste. It doesn't have that. It's kind of consistent all the way through, which is good. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Anton. So, this past week, I saw two shows. Uh, well, one show, one special. The first show, it's based on true events, and I don't know if you've seen the ads for it yet, uh, The Looming Tower. No, I have not. So at first when I saw the, I saw the ads, I thought it was for Newsroom because it has, um, oh, what's his name? Okay, so the show starts Jeff Daniels. I don't know why I was blanking out his name earlier. <laughs> Jeff Daniels? But it's the same, yeah, it's the same kind of, uh, almost the same type of role he had in in it, Newsroom. Oh, okay. But he, so he's the head of the, I, I guess, terrorism or specifically Al-Qaeda division of the FBI. And this talks about the events that led up to 9-11. Because remember when 9-11 happened, everybody's asking, like, oh, how can this happen? How did it get, how did uh, the terrorists get it, get as far as they did? Mm-hmm. And during the press conferences, it was always, oh, well, we had the intelligence, we had the pieces, we just weren't working together to put them together and realize what was happening. So this this is the story behind that about like how the CIA FBI were both looking at the same group of people they had the same intelligence and you know missing pieces but they were not talking to each other. Yeah, they they weren't pretty much acting upon it. Yeah. And this this show also points out that there was already a control in place um since like Reagan uh, I think Nixon, they signed it to act, uh, kind of cooperation act between them saying like the, the CIA sends two agents to the FBI to look at their, their information and see what they need. And the FBI sends two agents to the, to the CIA and does the same thing. But the show starts off with that failing terribly. So the whole thing about like, oh, well, we had no way of cooperating was like bullshit to start with because they did have a way. They just were not doing it. So right now it's only, I think, three episodes. Yes. For, uh, I'm curious to how accurate it is. I'm, I'm sure like they, they've turned in like some of the drama. They, they turned up some of the drama a little bit just to kind of fill in the gap. Mm-hmm. But the overall structure, like it's based off the the uh, Senate hearings mm-hmm. after, after 9-11 to find out who's at fault for letting it happen. And they'll they'll reference it. Like, every episode starts off with um, one of the characters in front of the Senate hearing saying what happened. So, I like it. It's eh, probably four episodes in. Um, it's still going through. It's on Hulu. And I think it's every Wednesday they release a new episode. And how, how popular is this show right now at the moment? Uh, on IMDb, it's saying it's at 63%. Don't know mm-hmm. exactly what that means. But each episode's rated, like, at an eight, 8 or higher, which is pretty good. Mm. I'm gonna check it out on uh, Metacritic and see. What the oh yeah, check. Is. Yeah, check it. I I have not checked it on Metacritic, so I'm kind of curious to see how they how they rate it. The Looming Tower. The Looming Tower. Uh, it's got a 74 out of 100. 
So, in your opinion, based on other TV shows you've looked at, what do you think? Do you think that's good or bad? Uh, that's uh, decent. That's uh, pretty high for a uh, TV show. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, I like it, dude. I recommend it. All right, I'm probably gonna check it out. So this week I haven't really watched it yet because I just got the uh, email in probably a couple of hours ago. Oh, it, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Yeah, season I didn't two. even know. I didn't know season two was coming out. Yeah, I, I knew it was coming out. I saw a couple of trailers here and there, um, but I didn't know that it was going to come out this soon. But mm. I'm happy it did. I have something to watch this week now. I wonder if it was on purpose for International Women's Day. I think so. Because all of the episodes in this season is directed by women. Well, oh, okay. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember for the first season. Um, yeah. yeah, and also, also, I think uh, they did a bunch of cover art for each episode, and I think the artists are all women too, and it's really cool. They 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 make a different cover for each of the episode titles, so why it would be like dis- a different comic book. Why are they discriminating against male artists? That's messed up. <laughs> I, I know, dude, right? I. I I get so much crap from when I BS about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a, that's when, something... are, when are men going to fight back? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's... Uh, I what mean... What movie was uh, it? It's... No, like for uh, Wonder Woman, when they did like the special screenings for women only. Yeah. Like the whole like, oh, why why won't, like, why won't they do that for just men? Why, why won't they have a men, men's only screening for like, like other <laughs> movies? Yeah. Like, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of the time I'm joking the time I'm serious about like actually just being annoying or whatever it's when uh, it goes from equality to superiority mm-hmm. that's when I kind of go okay well you're kind of pushing I don't think you know what equality means so I'm going to push you a little bit here <laughs> like uh, I had a co-worker she's like it's it's a uh, it's like a it's, it's oh, what was it oh like uh, it's a women's it's women's day this week uh, I think all the guys should bring the women flowers. I'm like, why? And she's like, because the show support for feminism. Well, feminism is about equality. And I turned to one of the guys. I'm like, hey, Chad, when's the last time I brought you flowers, bro? <laughs> He's like, it's been a while. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just uh, hope that it doesn't go too far. I mean, guys got to get some a little bit of loving too, right? Oh, you gotta be careful how you phrase that. <laughs> Guys, gotta get some too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't want to touch on that because being two guys hosting a podcast, we're gonna get in trouble here. <laughs> yeah. Why right, don't you guys have a woman on the show? <laughs> Where's your fiance, Anton? I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, so we we saw the Oscars last week. Did you watch it or or you just uh, watched it? I just I was just getting the highlights on like the news updates. Yeah, I, I was watching the whole thing all the way through. I was really really surprised and uh, excited to see one of our favorite directors, Guillermo del Toro, won Best Director, and even his movie won Best Picture. Yeah. So did you so- see Shape of Water yet? No, I. Just, 
it doesn't it doesn't attract me, and I I don't want to see a movie just because it's either Oscar nominee or or Oscar winner. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Mo, I kind of I, I kind of do, but I don't know. The story itself seems kind of boring. No, no, it, it's good. L- let me tell you a little bit of something that I felt when I was watching the movie. Is that a little something something? A little bit of something something from the nineties. It reminded okay. me of going to the movies in the nineties, watching like you know those dark gritty movies that are the sets are designed are, are built well, uh, beautifully designed, and you get that feeling of the actual time period that it's set in. So is it actual sets or is it? green screen because knowing Guillermo he tends to do a lot of green screen stuff I think it's sets because it's mostly like uh, yeah it felt more like sets well with him you usually can tell it's green screen because he likes to kind of fade the background a little bit not fade but blur it a little bit well, for Pacific Rim, of course, he has to do green screen because these are giant robots. Oh yeah, no, no, no not, not Pacific yeah. Rim. I'm talking about his actually like more artistic movies, not not a uh, rock and sock and robots. Uh, like Crimson Peak. He, yeah. For that one, they have very beautiful sets, very gothic looking, mm-hmm. and he does use green screen because of you know getting the depth of you know other things to the story, but. Yeah. Uh, overall, like I, I have that same feeling when I was watching uh, Crimson Peak too. Like I, I love the the way that he sets his movies. Like they have that dark, gritty look to it. That kind of reminds you of the movies that you watch in the '90s. So I, I really like that type of storytelling. Well, I mean, prop- also a compliment to him if you, if you can't really tell which are the real sets and which is a green screen. So mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. also a good sign. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it's good. It it reminds me of when I was little. So, but I still think of Zod every time I see what's his name. Oh, oh okay, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. There you go. Yeah, I was like, I, I knew his last name. I couldn't think of his first name. Yeah, surprisingly, he wasn't at the Oscars uh, this year. He was. He, I think. I think he only takes Oscars seriously when he's nominated or anything like that. He was nominated last year for a movie. <laughs> forgot what it was. But uh, this year he didn't really show up because he was directing a uh, play or something in Chicago. So okay. he, he was at a bar having a couple drinks watching the Oscars on mute. And he was watching his uh, co-workers from uh, winning the prize and celebrating on stage when he wasn't there. But uh, yeah, there there's a little uh, couple of pictures online where people uh, uh, took of him watching the Oscars on mute. Well, you know, well, you, you know why why Guillermo won though, right? Because he's Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny how he uh, he, uh, he he gave a shout out for Mexico. There was a story. Oh my god, who was it? Uh, I think it was. I think it was Jonah Ray, the comedian. I think he was somebody being at an event, and he, and he just saw Guillermo del Toro going going around the tables. Being like very, hey, fucker. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, dude. Like, I want to go to an event. Just like, I don't even need to meet Guillermo. I just want to like be there, like watching him talk to people. Like, I just imagine like the drunk uncle at a party. Hey, we got a little taste of that when we we're at Comic Con, so it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like we said before, did we mention this before? He's kind of like an uh, a Mexican uncle at the party that just like is so cool that he just blabber mouths at everybody. Like he has no like because you know people like like directors actors still have talking points when doing interviews. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he just says whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. What do we see him at at Comic Con for? Uh, we saw was him it, at. Was it Pacific Rim? No, it was not Pacific Rim. It was for um. Ah, oh, what was that movie? I know it's not Pacific Rim because uh, he said he was working on it, but uh, he hasn't shown anything because they didn't even shoot anything yet. But it wasn't uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, so it wasn't Hellboy. That was too. That was way late after that. Oh, it was don't be don't be afraid of the dark. What's it? It was a, it was it was a horror movie. It was a horror movie. Because yeah. I remember seeing the little monsters, and he was talking about it was it was describing the cr- creating the, the little creatures. I remember he was talking about making a haunted mansion movie. Did that ever happen? No, it's uh, it's still in the works. Okay. Yeah, because he's he's still holding on to the project because uh, he wants it to be like the best movie ever. Ever. Yeah, um, that's, I, dude, he's just awesome. I just want to have a beer with him. What's the last time you've been on Kickstarter? Uh, actually, fairly recently. I think like two weeks ago. I was looking at the best fucking bag in the world. Oh, uh, uh, I, I think I know what it is. It's it's kind of like a, a a brownish bag, leather, right? It, it uh, it comes in leather and canvas. Oh, okay. I'll send yeah. you the video, dude. It's it's the the video is freaking hilarious, dude. I. Uh, but keep talking, I'll see you in the video. Yeah, so the reason why I'm asking is, uh, I, I don't know, every time I go on it, I always buy something stupid or something that I I don't really need, but it's so cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I know. It, it's one of those things, like, you kind of, it's, it's more like a, a, a geek wish list. Yeah. So, out of the stuff that's on Kickstarter over the years, what are some of the ones that you bought that you were like oh this is awesome and it you still use it today or you can tell me something about something that you were like oh that's really cool and then when you go you're like oh my god i this is great actually that's both both of my experiences okay uh first one was uh, for, i can't even remember the name of the product but it was a it was a workout shirt kind of armor armor under armor mm-hmm but it changed colors depending on your body heat. So that way, like, if you're working out your biceps, you can see, like, your chest kind of, like, start to, like, change colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is my first... I think this is the first Kickstarter I supported. I bought it. Every, I, I guarantee you it was a... Like, I promise you it was, like, a, a year delay to get it. And the the updates are very, like generic never didn't really give you much detail about what was going on mm-hmm. even people like in the comments started calling them out saying like bro that's the same that's the same like uh b-roll you used in the other video so finally got it i got one that was called volcanic red mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be red and as your body heats up your muscles heat up whatever it's supposed to turn that white interesting i, I got it uh-huh. It's fucking pink. 
<laughs> and the and the color changing, it's too sensitive. So like just just touching it with my bare hands, it'll turn tra- it'll change it white. Oh wow. So wearing it, it it's just like blotchy blotchy pinkness everywhere. So it looks like a tie-dye shirt or uh Yes, uh, a, lo- a shirt that uh, you got paint covered in. Yeah, that's that's perfect, dude. It's it, yeah, it's it's a pink tie-dye shirt. Uh, my brother ordered the blue one. The blue one looked better. Okay. The blue one actually was a decent color blue, but it still had the same problem of the of the ch- color changing sensitivity. Man, I I can imagine when you wash it, it's it's gonna fuck up the shirt pretty bad. No, that and that's one thing that they said that was part of the that was delaying the process a lot was that uh they didn't want it to fade over time because yeah you're right it would ruin the the color and all that stuff like that yeah because I've sold um these polishes over here they have mm-hmm. like different uh, uh, uh color pigmentations that changes to temperature and over time like the samples that we have here they stay permanent because. I don't know. Over time, it, it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But it has to go... stay there for a very long time for it not to work anymore, though. True. Yeah. But I guess, uh, but my best experience has been, uh, I ordered uh, this game called, uh, oh, actually, I have it right here, The Contender. Mm. It's a very, I want to say, Cards Against Humanity, where, like, you know, one person reads a prompt, the other people kind of, like, put their cards together to make a response. Yeah. But it's in a setting of a political debate. So like oh. one person one person's the 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 narrator or the, not there, the moderator and mm-hmm. everybody else is a candidate. So, so like w- they'll read, "What are your thoughts on gun control?" and you have, you know, legit answers. You have cards that are legit answers. Uh-huh. You have cards that you pretty much just flat out attacking another another person in the group. Uh-huh. And you have cards that are just kind of like BS comments, like generic, like I don't have an answer, but I support women, kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like Cards of Against Humanity, but more political. Yes, yeah, it's it's okay. political political card, which I mm-hmm. I I, lo- I loved it so much. I even bought their expansion when they they added it to their Kickstarter stuff again. Interesting. Hmm. So for me, I bought something a while ago, probably four years ago. That's that's how long Jesus. it's been. Yeah. And uh, during that time, they had this uh, thing called Coin. Okay. Did you buy one too? It's this credit card that you can program all of your cards into one card. Oh my God, I forgot about that. This is like three years ago, dude. Four years ago. Four years ago. I remember this. Kevin Rose talked about it. Yeah. So I, I have, I bought that and it delayed like two and a half years, almost three years. And then when I finally got it, it was, it was a little outdated because all of our cards switched to EMV chips, which is uh, the little chip that's on it that looks like a SIM card. Uh-huh. So it's a little outdated because you can't really switch out that chip for any other card yeah once it burns out or does something it's 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 done yeah i mean uh, every time you want to switch to a different card you press a button on the card and it switches uh the the um the magnetic strip to program to whatever number it is so if you were to switch the emv chip there's no way to do that so it's super outdated 
it worked for like probably a month and I pretty much put it there and I never used it since and it cost like 40 bucks for the card money well spent yeah not worth it but anyways uh, a couple of the other things that I did buy uh, one I'm still waiting for which is uh, Shenmue you remember that game Shenmue no, that doesn't sound familiar. Okay, so Shemu was this game really popular on the Dreamcast. Uh, it was one of the first games that had a open world where you can go wherever you wanted to go. Okay. And uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like The Sims, um, but it has a storyline. Like, um, uh, your father was killed by some guy and you're trying to avenge his father so basically you walk around town trying to find clues but anyways they had the first one and then the second one came out but it came out years and years later because um uh you you remember during that time when dreamcast came out ps2 came out and then xbox came out and then Dreamcast. yeah i know but then everybody started buying more of the Xboxes and PS2s. So Dreamcast was kind of losing its grip because a lot of people were pirating games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was one of the problems, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a really big problem where people weren't buying games anymore. So uh, it kind of sucked for Sega because they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by... Uh, opening up a lot of the ports in the Dreamcast where you can do whatever you want. Well, because it was it was one of the hackers. it was one of the first systems to have an Internet Explorer mm-hmm. and yeah. or Internet Browser, mm-hmm. and also they made their cartridges so easily programmable. Yep, their memory cards. Yeah, so that's why Shenmue never really released a second uh, uh, to the series in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So uh, they did release a second one in Japan and everything, but um, uh, I think they found its way into the U.S. market by uh, releasing it on the Xbox. So I played it on the Xbox. Oh my god, dude! The soundtrack and the story and the gameplay is so fun and so good um, that I really want wanted more out of it and they just never made a sequel since so then i think uh about two years ago they announced that they're gonna bring it back and this time they're releasing it on the playstation and also uh they had a kickstarter so they opened up the kickstarter page and yeah it, it went all the way through uh there was a lot of different um milestones that they went through that uh, added more stuff to the game so i'm really happy because they're adding a lot of content this time because it reached way beyond their goals for yeah. the kickstarter but i it, it wasn't really their intention to go on there to, to get money because they were going to make the game anyways because playstation pretty much gave them the funding to make the game but it was probably one of those things they're kind of like in a meeting going well, I've heard of Kickstarter, and they're kind of like, well, all right, we don't need it, but all right, let's give it a shot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 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 it worked out. 
uh, I think the thing that kind of sucked for them as uh, game developers in the past is they used to draw everything by hand. They would scan everything in. Yeah. And all of the graphics in the game are polygons wrapped around uh, with real art. So that's the thing that took forever for the game to um, to make. Because, you know, Isn't these the- these days, like, they draw everything on the computer. Yeah, isn't it kind of like uh well, it is the old school animation like um like Virtual Fighter from yeah. well, I think Sega Sega Dreamcast. It's it's the same guy that made uh Virtual Fighter. Oh, nice. The same company. Okay. Yeah, I I trust them. I like that fighting. It was very raw and 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 real. Not real, not realistic, but at least it was like there was no hidden just like no Hadouken or uh, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. can you can trap your opponent, but at the same time, it's they're not stuck in combos. Mm-hmm. All right, it's on. I sent you the link. Okay. Uh, the bag is called Anvanda, and let me know when you press the play button. This is Anvanda, a great fucking bag. Over the last few years, we've done extensive research on bags, and after asking thousands of people, we found the number one use of bags. To carry shit. So we created Anvanda, a great fucking bag. It has two features. It carries shit, and it looks fucking great. Anvanda doesn't have solar panels, smart sensors, or an app. It just carries shit. Our pocket system follows a unique philosophy. There's no special pocket for your battery pack or your wooden necklace. Just put your shit in whichever pocket you want. It's your fucking bag. Alright, I want that fucking bag. I know, I was like, do you want a great fucking bag? <laughs> to, to be honest, the reason I found this, and I I was going to bring it up on the show, but I, I, I totally forgot about it. Mm-hmm. The reason I looked it up is because this was when I was sh- shopping for a Christmas present for you. Mm-hmm. And I already, like, I already got your stuff, but then a couple weeks after that, since I was on Kickstarter and I was going like through all this stuff, they started sending me ads for this bag, and I'm like, "Son of a bitch! Why? Why couldn't they put this put this on Kickstarter a month earlier?" Because <laughs> it was it started getting funded in January twenty uh, January tenth this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifty days later, March first, it it finally closed out. A million one hundred twenty three thousand two hundred thirty two dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's insane, dude. That's, yeah, that's insane. But just like that gray one they were showing, dude, like that—that's the one I was—I wanted—I would have gotten you. Cause that one just says Anton. Yeah, I, I do have something similar that looks looks exactly like that. Um, mine's a Herschel bag. But is it a great fucking bag? I mean, it carries a lot of shit. So does it carry over <laughs> a million shits though? <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> truthfully, it doesn't have a lot of pockets, but it carries a lot of shit. Does it carry that sweater your mom got you? <laughs> I just love it, like, that that bullshit list they put up. Uh, there's one that says like Obama mask. <laughs> We're not here to judge. So it looks like you can get these bags still. Uh, they're on Indiegogo now for oh. sixty nine dollars instead of fifty nine. Yeah, they're probably like, well, let's just get what we can get. We we can now. Yeah. So right, I, I I think they're still trying to get. Um, some of their funding from Indiegogo. So, uh, I think they should have enough with the one something million dollars. Yeah. 
All right, Anton. Well, so, they got another one million something dollars on Indiegogo. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, let me just give you a link and uh, we'll move on. Okay. Um. So, Anton, you, you introduced me to, I don't even know what it, what to call him. Uh, mentalist? Magician? Yes. Uh, from the UK? Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Brown. Yes, Darren Brown. He has a new special on Netflix. Have you seen it? Two years ago, yes. What? Oh, 2016, yeah. So did you... Okay, so the show I'm talking about is... Or the special I'm talking about is The Push, where he convinces an ordinary person to commit murder. Yep. And that's his whole premise is, uh, can he... Can he convince an old person to commit murder for no right. no real Be- threats or whatever? Okay, so before we get into this, did you already watch it? Yes, I did. Uh, what? Okay. Uh, let me tell you the whole thing before we get to this one. Okay. So, what what of his have you seen? Like, what sh- what other shows have you seen before Push? Uh, I believe just that the zombie arcade game and there's another one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay, so but it's been a while, but it's been a while. Yeah, so zombie arcade game was one of them. And then there's that real zombie one. Where this guy is actually in like The Walking Dead, basically. And he's um trying to save this girl. Like these are all real actors and 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 they uh, they basically try to make him make decisions on how right. to save everybody, save humanity. Basically, have you seen that one? I probably seen clips of it because it does sound familiar, but I can't uh-huh. remember the whole thing. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, he also had this other series where he failed miserably, like uh, as a mentalist, he failed miserably. He. Um, Told this guy that he uh, picked out, and he said, "Give me your, give me forty grand." Okay. And the guy's like, "Okay." So he takes his forty grand, goes to a casino, without people knowing that he's there. He's not allowed to go to casinos. Went to the casino, gambled at forty grand on a Russian roulette table. And what lost happens? Miserably. He lost it by one ball spot. Because you know when the ball spins around on the Russian roulette table? Yeah, the little groove. It's got the grooves, right? Yeah. It missed it, missed it by one. Rigged. <laughs> so then he walks out and he's like, oh my god, I just lost this guy's money. Oh my god, this is live. <laughs> <laughs> so what what how what part of that is mentalism if you're just gambling money it's not like it's 21 or like uh like like poker or something where you can kind of like either track or or play the people uh-huh roulette is completely random yeah it's random but i mean he had a whole system down he knew how he's gonna be able to get it and he's doing it on live television, but he failed miserably. So he basically went online, did a little uh, uh, Twitter clip of him. Um, he, I 
forgot what he did. Oh yeah. He he's a really good impersonator. So he 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 did um Stewie from Family Guy saying how much he failed and he's such a failure. Wow. Yeah. But anyways, after that uh, I think he kind of redeemed himself with a couple of other new uh, specials and he kind of poked fun at it. And one of the ones that I really loved is the one where he steals the painting. Have you seen that one? Oh, that's the one I wanted to check out because you were telling me about it. Yeah. And I, I, and I, you described it and I forgot what exactly I, I picked I picked about it. That was kind of like, well, that doesn't really... Yeah, that's that's, really that's that's the one where he redeems himself because uh, he pokes fun at. He he said, "There's no way that I can fail," but I'm gonna tell you right now. He he's telling the curator, the the guy who's in charge of the whole uh, uh, art gallery. He says it up straight. He's like, "I am going to steal a painting, and I'm gonna let you know right now, so you can hire more security." He's like, "I'm just gonna put this painting away." Yeah, so he's like. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to steal this painting. I'm not going to tell you which one, but you need to hire more uh, security guards. And the funny thing is that he, he doesn't even do it. He hires a bunch of uh, old people to do it. Um, but yeah, he kind of redeems himself with that one. I highly recommend watching that one. And then uh, later on, he did Push. And he tried to make you feel like he's going to fail with this one well it's a lot of variables so mm-hmm. as far as he we, got we don't we don't want to give it away to anybody what happens no no end. but yeah. no but the, the the there are some moments where it doesn't go his way or the mm-hmm. way he predicted mm-hmm. but he adjusts yeah so like and, and i think that's it's it's a lot of variables dude this is like an ocean's 11 like level of like planning mm-hmm. um but yeah, that's, but like that's I, Darren Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the way he set up the whole experiment, though. Like, I mean, the the premise, like how he proved this concept. Mm-hmm. And I I talked to my brother about this, and I don't I know he saw it two years ago. I don't know if you remember the first part, but the main actor that that helps him on you know to do the push making experiment, mm-hmm. yeah, making choices. He kind of like talks him into like, okay, well, let me show you what I'm talking about. I'm gonna have you call this cafe that we're sitting in front of and just re- just just do it as we rehearsed. So he makes the guy call the cafe. The, the barista, I don't know what the hell they call him in the UK, picks up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a total Starbucks thing, so. Uh, the bar guy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a cafe. It's a cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he picks up and he tells the guy, is there a woman wearing blah, blah, blah in your cafe right now? Yes. Does she have a stroller? Yes. Okay. That woman is a known child abductor. Um, I'm calling. I, I'm the you know, chief of investigation for the blah 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 police department. Uh, we have we have police officers outside, but we cannot go in there and risk the life of the baby. So uh, I need your help. I'm gonna call you on your personal cell phone to give you instructions. But I want you to hand her the the landline. And tell her she has a phone call and I'll keep her distracted. So he hands her the phone. He he answers his cell phone. He's getting instructions to like, okay, now I want you to, is the woman distracted? Yes. Okay. I want you to push the stroller outside of the, of the cafe 
and keep pushing it around the corner so we can secure the baby and we can arrest the woman. So the guy's like pushing the like stroller out of the cafe down the street and the whole time he's on the phone, he's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Where are you guys? I don't like this. And the whole thing just ends with Darren Brown telling the the actor that that, that he was uh, instructing, you know, you just talked a guy into kidnapping a baby. How do you feel? And the guy's <laughs> just like, it's stupid how easy that was. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. Like it's a, it's a person of a it, once you have you feel subordinate to a person of authority, are you likely like how far are you willing to go? And I don't in that situation, what would you have done if you were the guy in the cafe? It's a whole mind fuck thing. And the thing is, I think it just depends on the person on how willing, how willingly that they're they're able to do things that are instructed to them. So I asked that, I, I gave the scenario to two people. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would they do in that scenario? Uh, I asked my friend Juliet. She says, I don't care. Not my baby. I would just say, not my job. That kind of concerned me. I'm like, if it was real in the situation, if you have the power to save somebody... It's some people would argue if you have the power to do so, it's your responsibility to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the whole CPR thing. Like if you're certified with CPR, I believe if you're in a scenario where somebody needs CPR and you do not try to uh, administer CPR, you can be legally uh, prosecuted. That's not fair. Well, <laughs> well, it's yeah. like you 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 have the power to try to save them. Why didn't you try to save them? Mm-hmm. Um, I asked my brother, and he says it's tough because I mean he is a dad, so he says it's probably it's probably a different situation if you're a parent and the kid's in trouble. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. It it just comes to circumstances of of what type of person you are, and uh, if you're that type of assertive person in order to to do certain things and especially this show uh i think it can push Uh. one person (laughs) to do something that they're not comfortable with and that's all point is if if you get put in a certain situation and somebody of authority is telling you you need to do something would you do it and how far would you go yeah it's it's, it's a more of a su- suggest. It's more of a suggestive, suggestive type of thing, because Which, let's let's say let okay, a good example would be, you're you're Mexican, right? You live in America, and your favorite food is hamburgers and pasta okay. and you know pretty much anything that Americans eat, but you're a type of person that doesn't like Mexican food, even though you, because you're Mexican. Yeah. And you're I, living in America I, I, and you I just, just like American I food. Just, I just call it food. Yeah. But <laughs> let's say if you weren't here and you were in Mexico your whole life. Right. What food would you eat? You know, like, would you eat Mexican food or would you eat burgers in Mexico? Oh, they have very little variety in Mexico. I think yeah. they like the most variety they have is like Domino's. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm trying to say is like you know the it's more of a suggestive type of thing. 
Yeah. If you're exposed to something for a certain amount of time, you're going to do something. Like, if you well, put a Vietnamese baby in Australia, he's going to adopt a Australian accent. Well, it, I mean, coming from, the like, in a corporate environment, you see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point I actually had to talk to coworkers because they're like, oh, my manager's suggestion that we schedule people this way. I don't feel comfortable doing that, but they're the boss. I'm like, say something. It doesn't matter. But they're my boss. I'm like, doesn't matter. If you think something's not right, like either, even if it's not against the law, but it's not, not it's not, say, HR appropriate or whatever, mm-hmm. say something. It's your responsibility to do so. If you if you have the knowledge and you you spot it, stand up. Doesn't matter if it's your manager or not. Um, yep. but but you hear that you hear that too. Like if if a company gets in trouble in the news, oh, I was that's what I was instructed to do so, or oh, that's what I was that was the decision made upstairs. That's it's accountability. Yep. But yeah, that's, and you see that all the time. I think that's I think that's why this this special hit so close to home is because of the, the corporate world I live in. Yeah. Uh, Darren Brown had a special in New York, uh, I think uh, two months ago. Uh-huh. I really wanted to go see it, but I never really got a chance to go. Uh, I was in New York during the time when he had it, but um, didn't really have the time to buy the tickets. I ended up watching <sighs> Broadway maybe, shows. Maybe, maybe he would have used you as an experiment without you knowing. Yep. Which is kind of what which, which kind of what happened in push. <laughs> the people the people volunteered and they didn't realize that they were still volunteered later yeah. on. That's that's uh, very interesting that you brought up that because uh, his stage shows, um, he usually uses a lot of the audience without them knowing. Like he would use the whole entire audience. User. All right, so something just announced today. I think it's more of like a last minute thing, but. Smash. Did you hear about Smash? Who got Smash? Uh, well, it's hard to say because you never played this game before. Uh, Splatoon. Oh, I actually have not played that. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, they had a Nintendo Direct today. Nintendo Direct is one of those um, kind of like a, a keynote thing, but they do it on YouTube. It's like a live event. And uh, pre-recorded video, of course, they don't do live live, uh, okay. pre-recorded, but they just stream it live. So it's kind of like an episode of Nintendo uh, where they announce all of the new games or what's going on, what's coming up. And it's really neat that they do something like this because I, I think this is what a lot of the, the game consoles need is something to give you a little bit of insight on what's coming out or what's to come. Instead right. of just having game trailers like, oh, hey, check out this game. and then, it's, it's a mini E3 announcement. Yes, it is a mini E3 announcement. And I think the thing that I appreciate about this is it's not just Nintendo. If they have some type of uh, third-party developer that creates some type of game that they want to um, announce, this is a great platform for that. So... One of the games that they uh, announced uh, on this had like a little teaser trailer of uh, Splatoon characters just shooting their guns. And uh, when we were watching that, or when I was watching that, I was thinking, oh, okay, there's going to be a, a Splatoon 2 
expansion because uh, the game's been out for quite a couple months and there has been a, a, a new set of content. So a lot of people were like, oh, cool, there's going to be uh, more Splatoon stuff. So that's why we're seeing uh, these uh, two uh, characters that are uh, shooting against each other. Then, boom, all of a sudden you see um, one of the characters uh, uh, looking at something. And you can see the reflection of the flames. And it looks like it's in the shape of a symbol that we're very familiar with. And that is the Super Smash Brothers logo. That little circular plus looking logo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you get to see the 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 outline of all the characters are in uh, Super Smash Brothers, and you get to see um, uh, one of the Splatoon characters just amazed at the flaming symbol um, logo of Super Smash Brothers, and it says 2018. So we know that it's coming out this year, and it's a very big deal because it's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Which I think is probably going to be the the craziest thing because you're going to see a lot of people. Which, um, go ahead. I'm I'm shocked that like Smash wasn't one of like the launching titles for the Switch. Yeah, it's usually uh, surprisingly like that uh, for all of the the systems. I think Smash is usually uh, a later uh, game. Smash is um, it, it's it's. It's a you know traditional console game, but at the same time it transitions so well to handheld. That's what I'm saying. I thought it'd be such a a good launching title for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's already on the Nintendo DS, and uh, DS is already good on its own. But I, I think this just brings it to another different level because a lot of people like to play on the television, and um, uh, the Wii U is the only way that you can play Super Smash Brothers. Um, on the television and there was a couple mm-hmm. times where i've been to some people's houses and it's insane on the contraptions that they plug into the uh wii u because they would plug um i think eight controllers into the wii u and usually i remember for the wii u the maximum of controllers that you can have is four so they would have four wireless controllers and then they would have these contraptions where they plug a bunch of different plugs in and they would have the GameCube controllers. What the hell? Yeah. So they Frankenstein the whole thing, but it works because it's made to work like that. So we would have this crazy smash brawl of eight people playing against each other. And I think this is probably one of the only games where you can play on one screen with a lot of players. Yeah, because the, the that's the camera is meant to like pivot and include include different people in the the same screen. Yeah. Well, when was there a time where we were able to play eight player games in one room on one console? When was the last time? You know. Yeah, it's been a while. A lot of a lot of companies or a lot of games started going to the whole split screen kind of mentality yeah even split screen it, it works but uh for first pl- uh f- first person shooters it's a bit of a headache but mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. can't really go more than that i remember golden eye you could play you know four player split screen which kind of sucked because you couldn't really see everything was like either chopped down chopped out uh, at a peripheral 
or everything was so shrunken that you couldn't really see the distance. Yeah, and can you imagine you have those tube TVs back in the days? It's horrible. Yeah, no. Crappy resolution. Yeah, but anyways, excited for the game. Hope uh, you get a Nintendo Switch 2 so we can play a couple of the other games that are on it right now. It's insane. But uh, other than that, look forward to it. Sweet. Moving on. All right, Anton. If people uh, that, that that was gonna make sense, I was yeah. to say if people want to <laughs> if people want to continue to use us, no. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to support you watching Darren Brown in in live setting, uh, how can they do that? They can help us by going to www.the2oc.com and uh, buy some merch. They can buy uh, stickers, t-shirts, and maybe something that they're interested in that is in our show notes. They can uh, click on it. It'll take them to the Amazon page, and they can make a purchase there and give us a little kickback. And if not, they can just click in any other Amazon thing and buy anything. Yeah, just complete your order with our link. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also follow us on social media, at The2OC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can send us an email to mail at The2OC.com. And don't forget to tell tell a friend about, uh, about our podcast. Maybe they like being mind fucked. I don't know. Maybe they want to hear about the best fucking bag in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. A great, it's a great fucking bag. Sorry. Yeah, it's a great fucking bag. <laughs> All right, Anton. Anything else? Uh, nope. That's it. All right. For the 2OC, I'm Al Flores. And I'm Anton Duong.